I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey guys, I just got an email. They want to do a pre-call before the call. Who's on the pre-call? The the same people that are on the conference call. It's all the same people on the pre-call and the call call? Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about why it's important to have volunteers, not recruits. We'll also discuss the importance of timing. They do say timing is everything. It is. Finally, we've got a Hollywood hack that some might call old-fashioned, even downright quaint. But first, in episode 39, we talked about Robert Evans' advice on how to make it, which was basically focus on success, not on failure. Learn from your successes, not from your failures. Yeah, and everyone's been loving that advice, and we've gotten a ton of feedback on it. So thank you, listeners, for your thoughts on studying success. I think everyone agrees that's good advice. Yeah. And then we came upon some equally fascinating and insightful advice on how to succeed from Jeff Bezos, uh, the Amazon CEO. Who is rather successful. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, So his advice is, one, surround yourself with the right people. Two, have a learn-it-all mindset. Three, be ready to play the long game. Yeah, this is amazing advice. And there's a reason why he's the head of the biggest company in the world. I think it's the biggest company. If not, it will be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really true. I mean, surround yourself with the right people. We talk about that all the time, even for something like a writer's group. We tell people, if you're going to have a writer's group, have it with people who are ambitious, serious, and hopefully good writers. Yes. And then have a learn-it-all mindset. I actually read this um, one time as have a beginner's mindset, Mm. which is equally fascinating. Like, Approach things from a new angle. Approach things as if you don't know everything. So you're really open and learning. This is great advice for us right now, Sarah, because we are making our pilot as we have, you know, we'll be discussing time and again on this podcast. (laughs) And learning it all is a great mindset for 
doing a pilot. Like, anything we can learn about props and lighting and, you know, not just focusing on the writing, mm-hmm. but all aspects of production, yeah. the more we know, the better. Absolutely. And then be ready to play the long game. Well, that's certainly true in Hollywood. Oh, my God. I mean, we talk about in our intro the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. (laughs) It's like, and we tell people when they first come here, be prepared to be here for three years or five years or ten years before you get into the career you want to be in. Yeah. I mean, it's like if nothing is worth it if it's just you think you're going to come in and out in six months and have something great happen. I mean, you've got to be willing to stick it out, to build to wait for things to come together. I mean, in terms of playing the long game, it's like we might take a meeting with someone and then five years later they have a project that they remember us for. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just have to know that, like, there's a reason things come back around and just be prepared to wait. Yeah. So thank you to Jeff Bezos for more insights on how to succeed. And when we come back, we're going to discuss our volunteers, not recruits philosophy. But first, an ad break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches this week. And this week, it's volunteers, not recruits. This is something we've been thinking about a lot as we staff and cast our pilot. Yes. Getting a pilot up and running is so stressful, and we desperately want to get the best people possible. But only if they want to be there. Right. And this is a lesson we learned. Um, a friend of ours actually taught us this lesson. Who shall remain nameless. Who shall remain nameless, <laughs> yes. Um, but this person had a pilot that then went to series, yeah. okay, which is the biggest deal in the world. And for this pilot, he wanted a big actor, as one does. And there was an actor who was circling it, was maybe going to do it. And our friend sort of went to lunch with this actor and begged. He did, like, the hard press. The real big sell, do it, do it, do it. Really, you know, did everything in his power to convince this actor to do it. And reluctantly, the actor agreed. Yes. And? And it was, of course, a nightmare. Yes. Because really, the actor didn't want to do it, really didn't want to be there. They didn't have... The kind of connection that you want in a Mm -hmm. successful working relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard on 
everyone and ultimately, I think, led to sort of the end of the show. Yeah, because he really didn't want to be there. Yeah. And so it was a hard thing to hear about from our friend. But anyway, the silver lining of this was he said he realized after that experience that for the rest of his career, he was going to have a philosophy of volunteers, not recruits. He was never going to beg anyone again to do anything on his show, whether it be an actor, a director, a line producer, a costumer. It's like, if they don't want to be there, you don't want them. And I still remember when we talked about this with him. We were, like, sitting at an outdoor table at a restaurant, and he said, from now on, volunteers, not recruits. And it was like a lightning bolt came down from the sky. It absolutely has affected every single decision we have made since that moment. Yeah, even in, like, hiring an assistant, for instance. We're like, if this person doesn't really want the job, don't do it. No matter how amazing the resume. We want somebody who wants to be doing what we're doing. We want someone who's going to have passion for the project, because if they don't, it's going to show up in the work. Exactly. And just this knowledge and this approach has made our whole pilot process up to this point and forevermore mm-hmm. less anxiety-producing because we just remind ourselves if someone doesn't want to be there, no matter how amazing they are, that's okay. Let them go. Let like, them. if you make an offer to an actor and you think, oh, my God, this is the best person in the entire history of the world, and then they pass, it's okay. Yes. They weren't meant to be there. Yeah. But, by the way, Sarah, this reminds me of romance, It's like when you're dating, you want a volunteer, not a recruit. It's like if you're, like, having to call someone and text them and try to get them interested (laughs) in you, it's not going to happen. It's not worth it. Or even if it does happen, who wants somebody you had to, like, recruit to be with you? Yeah, who's, like, lukewarm. Yeah, exactly. And with friendship. I mean, it's like literally anything you're trying to get someone to do. If you want someone to join the board for your nonprofit, like you want someone who's passionate about your nonprofit. Or if you want someone to take care of your kid after school, you want someone who's like, yes, I totally want that job. I love hanging with kids. Not like, oh, all right, I'll show up and take some money. Yeah, I mean, people do better work, they're better participants, and they take more care when they're doing something they want to be doing. Just a better attitude all around for everybody. Yeah. And this goes for us, too. I want to be a volunteer, not a recruit. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, we never think of it that way, but that's so important. Yeah. And we should remember, if we're doing something, to act like a volunteer and not a recruit. Well, or to not do something if we feel like we have to be recruited to do it. That is very... I think we've gotten better at that. We've learned over time... How to tell the difference. Well, and we're lucky now in our career where we have a lot more choice. Yeah. So we kind of get to do the things we want to do now. Yeah. So. Thank God. Yes. So this is something that we'll be remembering in May if we're lucky enough for this pilot to go to series and we're staffing. Mm. We need to remember, because we have been those people who are like, you're going to do it, right? Come, come oh, right have, on our show. Come right on our show. We have begged writers. Yeah. Um, and we can't do that. No. Our friend Corrine, for one. Oh, I know. Always beg. We're always begging her. <laughs> so no more. Corrine, if you don't want to do this show, you don't have to. Yeah. We're declaring now. Luckily, I will say, Sarah, she wanted to do the last thing we asked her to do. So she was a volunteer. That's true. And that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> Next up, we discuss how timing is everything. But first, a word from our sponsor. 
Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. So Liz, now it's time for Take a Hike, in which we talk about mental, physical, or spiritual health, and today it's mental health. We're going to talk about timing. Timing is everything. So they say. Yes. And this came up for me because, you know, we've been talking about like the whole giving up sugar for a year, and a lot of people are doing that for 2018. It's one of their 18 for 2018 things or just in general like a health challenge they want to tackle. And it made me think, I could not have done this five years ago. Because you just weren't sort of mentally evolved enough or what? Just everyone is at a different place in their life, in their sort of health journey and things that they want to or are capable of tackling. And like 10 years ago, if I tried to give up sugar, I would have failed and I would have hated myself and it would have really spiraled in in a hideous way. Now, it's the perfect thing for me to be doing. I haven't had sugar, you know, since New Year's Eve 2017. And it's great. And it's not even that hard. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But there are just things that you can do at the right time. And you can't be hard on yourself if it's not the right time for you. Yeah, no, Sarah, I always think about timing with, like, exercise. Yeah. Because I always think, as much as I'm dreading the day that Jack goes to college, <laughs> it it will mean that I'm suddenly able to go to a 7.30 p.m. yoga class again. I used to go to exercise classes at night all the time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, since having Jack, there's no way I'm going to take two hours out of my two hours with him right. to go to yoga. <laughs> Um, But that time will come. Right. And I will do that again. That's right. I think about that actually with um, Violet going to kindergarten because you're an evening exerciser. I'm a morning exerciser. No way to do that. Like I tried Pilates classes at the end of the day. Just it's not my thing. I want to go in the morning. Right now I drop Violet off at school at 845. It's too late to go to a class at that point. When she starts kindergarten – 7.30, 7.30, she's dropped off. I can hit an 8 o'clock class and then go to work. So everything is about just waiting for your life to give you those opportunities yes. to do the things you need to do. Yeah, and of course, it's not just like practical timing like we're talking about. There's also cosmic timing. Yeah. Like there is something where the universe seems to come in and take care of you yeah. with timing. Not yeah. you, but the general you. Well, um, often me. Often. <laughs> well, and that we are experiencing right now with our pilot. Yeah. Because 
our pilot is shooting in Los Angeles, which right. I don't know if we've talked about this, but it's very unusual. It's Most pilots shoot out of Los Angeles. They shoot in Vancouver, New York, Atlanta, Budapest, yep. uh, London. I mean, anywhere but L.A. But LA. And we are so lucky because our pilot is shooting here, and there does seem to be a cosmic thing happening. Yes. So for me, my mom right now is, she has Alzheimer's, as everyone knows, if you listen to this podcast. Um, and she's declining really rapidly. Yeah. And if we were in Budapest, I'd be flying home. Yeah. If we were in New York, I'd be flying my ass back here. So having right now the timing of doing a pilot in Los Angeles, which is super, super rare, it really does affect like everything in my life. It does feel like, okay, the universe is going to take care of you in this moment so that you can do all of the things that you need to do. Yes, because it would have been really tough to be in the middle of doing this and then suddenly get on a plane for 15 hours and come back and then would you just stay? Would you come back? The situation is also, as these health situations often are, very murky. Yes. So it's hard to make decisions. This way you don't have to make a decision. Right. And also when we do pilots, I take Violet. So Violet could be in New York, for example, (laughs) and I'd be like, okay, I'm leaving you in New York to go back home. It just, it would have been a, a disaster. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there are times when the universe is looking out for you. So thank you, Cosmic Timing, for looking out for Sarah this spring. (laughs) Yes. Was there ever a situation in your life when timing was everything? We want to hear about it. Email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com or send us a voice memo. We love hearing your voices. And now, Sarah, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. Get a library card. I have to admit, I haven't had one in ages. And I have one, but I never use it. Never. We were talking about this because a few weeks ago, we discussed how you're an overbuyer and I'm something of an underbuyer. And you were saying that you buy a ton of books off Amazon. Yes, it's like a compulsion. And a lot of our listeners wrote in and said, Sarah, go to the library. Yes. Then I won't have stacks of books that I haven't read all over my house. Because libraries, they're not just about books. You can get books, magazines, DVDs, CDs, download audiobooks, ebooks, uh, music. You can use the library's computers and internet. You can connect to wireless internet at, at your county libraries. Like, This is not your mama's library. Libraries have come a long way. They're a resource that we should all be using. Yeah. I mean, this idea that you can digitally download something from the library, that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because going to the library is such a huge part of childhood. I mean, Jack goes to the library. And it's also a big part of college, going to the library. But since college, I mean, I never go. Never. And I love thinking about the smell of a library, like the smell of the Kansas City Library when we were young was so particular. I can just conjure it in my mind. The one on the plaza? Yes. Yes. I used to walk there. Yeah, I used to walk there with my grandmother. It's like the best memory. Yeah. And then also I would go in North Platte, Nebraska when I visited my grandparents Uh to the library there and I so remember the smell of the library there. I wish that I could bottle it and that would be my signature scent. You know, we're talking about our signature scent. Oh, that would be great. I don't know if other people would enjoy that scent, (laughs) but I would. (laughs) 
So get thee to a library. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. And while you're at it, tell a friend. Thank you to our producer, Jennifer Lai. Also thanks to Kristen Meinzer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram, at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Whoa, what was that? Okay. There was just a weird light flash yeah. here. <laughs> We're like, okay. nuclear winter. Um, um, There's a button. Yeah. Um, <laughs>